You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Emeralds Gaming Week in Review podcast. My name's Christopher Berg. And I'm Matthew Brock. And this is our weekly podcast where we give you a quick update and some of our opinions about some of the goings-on in the world of video games. And I think this week, uh, for both of us, you know, there's been one, one two-syllable compound words <laughs> on our lips, you know, pretty much since May 5th, I think, is when that thing started. Uh, and that is mm-hmm. Overwatch. Overwatch. The new uh, hero shooter, as it, we have all just decided to call it, uh, from Blizzard Entertainment, who's done World of Warcraft, Starcraft. This is kind of their new thing. Sort of looks like, I've, I described the style as like, it's like a Pixar movie where they're shooting each other. It's really kind of fun. And yeah, campy. if you if you've seen any of the... Uh... Like the announcement trailer or any of the, they have a, some animated shorts they've come out with to kind of promote it. It's straight out of Pixar, but, you know, a lot more action and a lot more, you know, pizzazz, I guess. Mm. It's got, it takes place in this, it takes place on Earth, ostensibly. I was kind of surprised by that because it's going through these real world locations and it's like, oh, hey, now we're on Route 66 or <laughs> someplace in Greece. Yeah, it's... It's on Earth, but like a different Earth. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, the sum of the plot is it's the kind there, of distant future. Yeah, I'd say the plot is that there are a lot of people and they, they shoot each other. There yeah. is no indication of plot in this yeah. game. As, in the actual game, there's basically no plot whatsoever. Yeah. But um, the interesting thing about it is if you look around the levels and if you read the character bios, even if you listen to like the banter between characters, mm-hmm. you can kind of figure out what the plot is. Um, kind of the summary of it is... In the kind of distant future, everything was like, there was machines all over the world, and for some reason or another, they kind of all became sentient at once, and then declared war on humanity. Mm. So this group of heroes formed called Overwatch, with all these like special powers and abilities, and they went and kind of combated and defeated this uh, threat, and then they became like a global peacekeeping force Mm. afterwards. But eventually, you know, they weren't kind of needed anymore, and they disbanded, and then they mostly became like mercenaries for hire, yeah. kind of doing whatever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. And not every character was a member of Overwatch, but uh, that's kind of like the central theme is all these heroes kind of descended from this big organization. Yeah, sort of this global worldwide cast of mercenaries, a bunch of ver- different varieties of, you know, again, powers and abilities. So essentially it's a class-based shooter, uh, sort of very similar to Team Fortress 2 is kind of the most common point of comparison. Uh, something about, like, uh, 25 different characters in the beta, I want to say, around yeah, there. Yeah, it's 21, I think, and the they're all really unique. I'd, I'd compare it more to, like, a MOBA rather than uh, than something like Team Fortress 2, just because, you ha- like, each character has their own set of weapons and stats, like different health pulls, different move speeds, um, but they also have, like, these different abilities, most of which have a cooldown. Each character has an ultimate ability, which are really cool, um, and those charge up by doing whatever your role is. So, you know, if you're in healing role, then you charge up by, you know, healing other people. If you're tank, you block damage, you charge up. You know, offense charges up by hurting people, that kind of thing. Builders build things, you yeah. know. And you have a role to play, uh, and again, sort of split into those four roles, and then each of those different characters that, uh, you know, fulfill those roles in different ways. So, yeah, I'd say... The MOBA comparison is definitely strong, but it's interesting you bring that up because it feels like there are a lot of these hero shooters kind of coming out this year. Uh, yeah. The same week actually was Battleborn from uh, the studio behind uh, the 
Borderlands franchise, yeah, yeah. Gearbox Software. And that's, uh, you know, I played a bit of the beta for that. And that is even further down sort of the MOBA spectrum mm-hmm. where there are specific lanes. You have, you know, little AI opponents that are creeping up on the other side. And again, uh, much like Overwatch, large variety of different characters with different roles and sort of a flamboyant style. There's also Paragon from Epic Games, which, again, even further, more MOBA. That one's essentially just Dota, but you're looking from behind your dude's back instead of up in the sky. So uh, it seems like there are a lot of studios trying to capitalize on all of the, you know, hot MOBA money that's you know drip, <laughs> yeah. dripping off League of Legends and Dota and saying, like, what if we make that but for normal people? You know, yeah, but I think I think of all of them, at least what I think. I think Overwatch definitely has the most character. It probably has the most character out of any Blizzard game in a long time. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, lately Blizzard games have been more like we want good mechanics rather than you know to tell a good story. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm not terribly familiar with a lot of you know Blizzard's past games. I definitely know of them. You know, you see stuff about StarCraft, World of Warcraft, yeah, obviously yeah. these huge things, but they never really appealed to me. Uh, But, you know, playing Overwatch, I definitely sense some of that appreciation because you just see the craft that has gone into this game. Like, again, especially comparing it with something like Battleborn or Paragon, there's a lot of attention to detail. Like, as you mentioned, this universe has been really carefully fleshed out. All the character design is really interesting. Like, all of them seem unique, even though there are a lot of, like, human-robot hybrids. Each one sort of plays differently, does their own thing, you know, kind of be a play up on a genre trope. And overall, it's just a really full package in a way that a lot of other games aren't. And I think that's, you know, what Blizzard's kind of known for, you know. They put in the polish where some other studios, you know, are a bit more lenient on that, you know. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, just the game world is really detailed. Like, uh, some of the characters are famous, like, in this game world. And you can, you know, be fighting around a map and you say, oh, it's a poster for this guy who's a famous musician or this other character who's a famous StarCraft player Mm -hmm. who endorses all these like energy drinks and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a really fantastic game. And I'm kind of surprised that it's, you know, it seems like it's going to be a big release because, you know, they have (laughs) I've seen commercials on ESPN for this game's open beta. Like they are pushing this in a way that a lot of other you know, games of this genre, you know, kind of haven't. Because it's been in open beta for a while, people have been playing it, but as we kind of approach this release uh, towards the end of May, I think, it seems like they're really ramping this up. I can go to Taco Bell and get Overwatch characters oh, on yeah. <laughs> my big Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Like, this this seems to be getting the sort of push that you don't see often in games, you know? Yeah, and I think... Uh... I just I think it has a lot of competitive potential, mostly from playing it. I've noticed stuff like each character has like their own unique like sound they make just when they move around. Mm. So, you know, if you're playing a character and say another character really like counters them, like you can just listen and it's like, oh, I hear this big tanky guy walking down the corner. I'd better run the opposite direction. Or it's like, oh, I'm playing the big tanky guy. I hear this squishy little guy I can smash with my hammer, you know, if I hurry up and catch him. Yeah, it's very interesting because it feels like, again, obviously they're going after the Team Fortress 2 market. And as we mentioned, there's a lot of connection to MOBAs and all the popularity there. But unlike a lot of other games that have come out recently, it doesn't feel like this is trying too hard to be an eSport. Because I know uh, Ubisoft recently released uh, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, which is sort of their kind of their take on the Counter-Strike Go formula, where it's six on six, you know, single death multiplayer. And from the 
get-go, they were very intent on, like, this is going to be the next big thing. Everyone's going to be playing this, going to have huge tournaments. And, you know, that game released uh, back late last year, I want to say around December. Yeah. And it seems like it has just dropped off significantly because you really can push too hard to absorb that, that sort of crowd. And the community around those games hates nothing more than being pandered to is what I seem to get off of them. Yeah, and I think I think part of what made Rainbow Six Siege suffer is it was just like a little too complex for like the competitive level. Because from what I've seen, more casual games end up with like a bigger competitive market. Just look at Hearthstone, another Blizzard mm. game, that is probably the most like casual, uncompetitive card game I've ever seen, and it's probably one of the most popular mm-hmm. these days besides like Magic the Gathering. In fact, a lot of pro Magic the Gathering players have moved over to Hearthstone because they're tired of all the mechanics that are bogging down Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah. Hearthstone success, I think, really proves that if Blizzard makes a game, regardless of the genre, you know, a scene is going to flock to it, uh, and you know, they don't have to. Again, they don't have to try too hard to push these games. The people will come, and the games will become big. So I think Overwatch is going to be an interesting game to watch. And I think the other half of this that is... I'm just now realizing what I just said, Overwatch, the game to watch. Okay. (laughs) Blizzard, if you wanted to, like, put that on a cup or something, just, like, shoot me a little royalty check. We're we're, we're cool. We're cool. Put it on the game box. Exactly. Just, like, quote... Uh, University of Oregon Daily Emerald Gaming Week Interview Podcast. Overwatch is the game to watch. That, and I think snappy. I think that is another thing. It is really fun to watch. There's like a kill cam every time you die, and it's like I've never enjoyed dying so much in a game where it's like, oh, it just barely got me. Yeah, it seems like they are very intent on you know every match ends with the play of the game, and yeah, I, they oh, it's they so call good out, when you get play they, of the game. they call out these moments. I'm not very good at it. I have yet to get a play of the game. And, you know, when I but when I do see that, it's like, oh, man, I didn't even realize this sort of big moment happened on the battlefield. But, you know, they're smart enough about identifying it, picking it out and putting it on display so that, yeah, you can take real pride in when you do something kind of amazing. And uh, let's talk about uh, the progression system a little bit, because the way the game works is every round you play, you get experience based on your performance. So, you know, if you healed really well or if you healed much better than you did than like your previous record, you'll get like a medal which gives you extra experience. And every time your account levels up, you get a loot box which has a bunch of different stuff in it. It's generally stuff like different character skins. You can change the color, like the color layout, or just completely different. Like uh, Winston, the big gorilla character, he can get like a safari outfit or like a spacesuit. Um, then there's stuff like uh, different taunts and then like emotes. Um, like for the play of the game, you can your character does like this cool pose. You can get taunts where it like changes them mm-hmm. to be like something like really badass, and it also really encourages you to get play of the game now. Yeah, and and I kind of find that interesting. Is that's really the only progression in the game to some extent? Like, and to be fair, we're only playing the beta, so things might change yeah, yeah. for Everything full retail release. But, you know, you go in and you have access to everything, essentially. This game is the multiplayer mode. There's not much, uh, there's no real campaign to speak of. It's these, this tightly managed multiplayer package, and nothing really ever changes. You have access to all the characters at the start. Uh, you know, you don't gain new abilities. You don't really upgrade those characters. You're more just unlocking new skins and sort of cosmetic add-ons, which I think is a you know, sort of bold move on Blizzard's part that they're like, okay, we don't need 
to have a carrot at the end of the stick that's saying, oh, you could be, you know, you can gain another character, you can gain a new map or something like that. No, they're like, we know that this game is good and we have confidence that you will play it regardless of whatever you unlock at the end of each level. Uh, and I think that also kind of factors into the price because uh, it's $40 on PC uh, for, you know, when it does come out into May and then $60, $60 on console. Yeah, that kind of kind of made me wonder, like, why is it just because I think console games are generally very uniform pricing? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure uh, the science behind that. But. Yeah, there are a handful of games that will come out at that $40 price point, but it seems like, you know... It wouldn't. I don't think people are surprised when they see like, oh, hey, this new big game that everyone's talking about is sixty dollars. Like they kind of accept that. They wouldn't be too shocked. Yeah, and we were talking about how there's not really. You get everything with the box. It's fairly out of character with Blizzard games because Blizzard Blizzard games are generally very based on progression and statistics. And I want to get the new sword in the new expansion of World of Warcraft because it'll make my guy more powerful. In this game. It's less about making characters more powerful and more about learning characters, learning how different characters interact with each other, which characters counter each other, which are, you know, which is your weakness, which mm-hmm. is your thing. And it's kind of interesting because when you first start playing, you might want to like pick a character and that'll be the character you stick with the round. But if you've played Team Fortress 2, you know that's not really how these games work. Yeah, you have to trade off a bit if you notice, like, oh, hey, we have too many tanks, too many snipers. We're going to need to, you know, pull off. Maybe someone plays a medic, someone plays support. So there's a lot of variability. And I do see that. Like, they can't lock these characters behind some sort of paywall or a progression lock because you need people to jump into those roles at any given moment, you know, for the competitive flow of the game to remain intact. And it kind of makes me wonder how... How are they going to, like, expand upon this? Like, Mm -hmm. are they going to release new characters and then make people pay for them? Because I'm pretty sure they stated they won't do that. Yeah. But how are they they going to add content to this game? Yeah, it seems like they could, you know, keep releasing free updates and say, like, okay, hey, now there's another, you know, person in the game that fills up the support class and everyone has it immediately. But, yeah, you do kind of wonder... You know, in an era where every game has a season pass or has, you know, some sort of other mechanic that keeps people, you know, sort of paying into the game, like another currency, Uh, you know, for example, in Dota, you have different chests that unlock crates and, you know, that's how you get those new cosmetic items. So you do wonder what is Blizzard's long-term plan for the monetization of Overwatch and maybe that's why they went with the $60 route because they're thinking, well... We spent a lot of time, a lot of money on this project. We need to recoup that investment early because maybe we don't have the structure in place to say, well, here's how they keep giving us like $10 every month, you know, for a flow of content. Yeah. A lot of what people are saying is they'll probably uh, start selling the loot boxes Mm -hmm. somehow or maybe just the individual skins. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... They might have a hard time with that because if you look at Diablo 3, which started with a in-game, like, real money auction house, mm-hmm. you could buy, like, the most valuable items in Diablo 3 for real money, and Blizzard would get a, you know, significant cut of whatever you made. They kind of soured their community on that. No one liked it. It was, like, really, as soon as the new expansion for Diablo came out, they completely did away with it. Yeah, it seems like they really kind of poisoned the well on that idea, like, that real money auction house 
turned a lot of people away from that game, and it wasn't until later updates kind of patched that out and, you know, made it more of a whole experience that the community sort of flocked to it and kind of celebrating that game in a way that, you know, it wasn't really at launch. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting thing to kind of see in the foreseeable future uh, what their long-term plan is, uh, especially with some other shooters kind of entering the market, uh, not just other hero shooters, but some more traditional uh, shooters. Uh, The other sort of big story from this week, the reveal of Battlefield 1, which is the next game in DICE's and EA's, you know, big uh, realistic war series, you know, Battlefield it's been this huge, long, ongoing saga, mostly World War II, modern uh, conflicts, uh, some stuff in Vietnam, and... Well, you say realistic, but, well, you know, reali- realistic... What you, know. <laughs> what you can't see on the audio recording is me doing air quotes around the word yeah, yeah. realistic. Realistic, you know, cops and robbers don't actually drive around shooting each other in APCs and yeah. rocket launchers, but... <laughs> I also want to say somewhere in Battlefield Hardline... You can, uh, they released an upgrade where you just straight up get swords. Like, towards the end of <laughs> Battlefield Hardline's DLC, they're like, screw it, you just have force oh, powers man, and you use swords. Oh, man, it's Yakuza, now. you know? Oh, no, yeah. Cursed swords, and they happen to be littered around this drug deal. But, uh, so, yeah, Battlefield 1, they are taking it all the way back to World War One, which is a sort of period of history that we very rarely see in games for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I think the most recent thing was, uh, I think it's Verdun, which is a fairly small studio mm-hmm. doing it, and that's ultra-realistic. But yeah, you don't see a lot of World War One. Yeah. The interesting thing about World War One is there's a lot of, like, rapid advancements in weapons, mm-hmm. but not in tactics. Mm-hmm. So it, it was very much classic war being fought with relatively modern weaponry. Uh, obviously, trench warfare, kind of the main thing that people took away from it. And really just sounding like hell on earth in a lot of ways. Just spending, you know, months, weeks, years of your life in these dug trenches, you know, not a lot of just out in the open, a lot of mud just you know dripping on you, waiting weeks at a time to advance the smallest amount forward. And, and like, you can see why maybe studios have been hesitant to turn that into a $20 million video game. Like, World War One is basically just the world's longest staring contest. <laughs> Very much. A staring contest with mustard gas. EA, yeah. feel free to put that one on the box as well. Battlefield 1, it's a staring contest with mustard gas. But yeah, I'm really interested in what they're going to do with it, just because they can definitely make it interesting, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to see, like, what they include. Like, airplanes, for example, airplanes back then were basically cardboard and paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, the reveal trailer that they showed off uh, shows a little bit of biplane dogfighting, which, uh, knowing the legacy of that series, like, okay, that's going to be a ton of fun, yeah. just having <laughs> just a full map full of biplanes. And maybe I'm projecting, from what I saw off that trailer, it does seem like they're pretty fragile. So mm-hmm. you get a few shots out, and, you know, the other dude's wing is already falling off. So I could see that being really fun. They also showed off uh, <laughs> a couple of warriors from the Ottoman Empire, which... It's always fun when you think back to World War One. It's like, oh yeah, we're still dealing with the empires, like, yeah. And so you have uh, some warriors on horseback with these long, you know, long swords, and you can really see how this can, you know, resemble a modern battlefield game, but with all these unique trappings that come with the time period. And you know, 
when you think about it, do you think that's like Battlefield's new business model? Because it seems like they tried to put out games at the same time as Call of Duty, and it didn't really work out for them. Mm. They tried to, you know, include their own uh, campaign modes. That didn't really work out for them. Maybe what they're going for is uh, kind of what they used to do with, like, Battle uh, 19... What is it? 19... Uh, 1942. 1942 in Vietnam. They're going more for the theme approach rather Mm -hmm. than the, you know, like modern shooter. Rather than trying to go toe to toe with Call of Duty, which interesting to bring up because they also released their first trailer this week for Infinite Warfare, uh, their uh, game that's coming out in November around the same time as Battlefield. And uh, the main thing with that is it's going into the far future. So while Battlefield is going back, Call of Duty moving forward. And it, the response has actually been kind of, you know, interesting because while we may think like, oh, yeah, you know, people who are into this genre, they want to keep moving forward, get all this cool new tech. But just looking at something as simple as the like-dislike ratio on the uh, game's YouTube pages, <laughs> Call of Duty has just been bombarded with hate. Like, people really don't seem to like where that <laughs> series is going thinking this new game looks a little bit bland. It doesn't help that they are, uh, in many ways, holding the remastered version of Call of Duty 4 hostage. You only get that classic game if you pre-order the $80 edition of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And so, and meanwhile, Battlefield 1, almost universal love, it seems. Everyone's really excited about this cool new thing that is simultaneously really old. I think the thing is... In terms of gaming, it's really new because there again there haven't been a lot of World War ga- going games. Think of how many futuristic shooters there are. Yeah, I mean you could probably count this year alone maybe ten different future shooters hitting the market. Only one World War One game is going to be hitting store shelves, so maybe it's not that surprising that people are very excited about the possibilities of uh, Battlefield One over Infinite Warfare. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, you know, those are sort of the big stories of the week. So thanks for listening. This has been the Daily Emeralds Gaming Week in Review podcast. My name's Chris Berg. And I'm Matt Brock. See you next time. Later. Later.